Ferg, the time is greatly appreciated. How wild was that Auburn football game to watch on Saturday? Uh, it was pretty stupid, I'll tell you that much. Maybe <laughs> the dumbest football game any of us have ever witnessed. I, you know, I've seen Auburn win on fumbles at the goal line before several times. I've seen Auburn win on the other team inexplicably missing short field goals. Never the same game that that happened, though. So, um, yeah, completely wild the, the way that all shook out on, on Saturday. Yeah, and considering, you know, the, the fumble at the end there in overtime doesn't feel like much of a play is made, and, and Nathaniel Pete just drops the football, and all of a sudden Auburn's able to escape with a victory. Uh, is it is it fair to say that that fumble – uh, likely saved Coach Harson his chance to proceed as the Auburn football coach? Probably so, um, just because I think the way Auburn played, especially on offense last week, was about as bad as it gets. I mean, this team is just continuing to regress on the offensive side of the ball. And, uh, you know, the, your defense stepped up and gave you a chance to win, which is good. Um, but, you know, it's just uh, the way it looked when you had that many punts in a row, when you ball flat in the second half again another game where you can't really do anything on the offensive line uh yeah it's, it's it's pretty rough i really loved your perspective last week when we were chatting justin talking about this penn state loss that auburn went through and just talking about the fact that this team uh was in the second year under coach harson this game was played at home right that they had so many better things going for them in year two of a coach's stint as opposed to year one and you just can't take that step back the way that in which they did earlier this year from that perspective and knowing there is a crowd out there that wants to argue if an athletic department has almost already made up their mind to move on for the head football coach why continue to wait to see what he can do the rest of the season if you've made up your mind pull the plug now what would your message be to that crowd yeah, I just think it's hard to fire somebody after a win in the middle of the season. You know, it's a, some people say, well, I guess Malzahn got fired after a win. Well, it was the end of the season. So, you know, it's, it's a completely different situation. Um, yeah, I mean, like every game there's hope that you can be better. Every game, I mean, they, they are 3-1. They are 1-0 in the SEC. I mean, that as bad as it's looked, you know, you can't take that away. Um, you got to let the results speak for themselves, though. You know, I think that's that's the kind of thing there. So, um yeah, I mean, you can say, well, has the athletic department made up its mind and all that? They don't even have a permanent AD in, in place at this point. So, you know, it's like, it's kind of hard to say that, like, all the ducks are in a row at this point to begin with. But, yeah, I mean, um, you know, as, as long as you strap it up at a place like Auburn um, and step on the field, there's a chance to improve. There's a chance. It's college football, you know. Uh, it's 18 to 22 year olds playing a game. Like, you know, weird stuff happens. Week to week uh, stuff changes a lot. So, you know, there is, for a team that's 3-1, and one, there's still hope, you know, in, 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 in a real sense that you can get better, but it's just like, you know, there's the, the clock is ticking, so there's just a lot of pressure here. But I don't think, I think it would be, it would have set a really, really bad precedent if you did fire a coach after, yes, indeed, he won the game. Like, Auburn did win the game, and even though the offense got worse, your defense did play better. And, and so there were, it wasn't a complete, like, oh, this is just, all of it's gone backwards, all of this has gone wrong. You know, you didn't get that step forward. Ferg, it's no secret that the offensive line is struggling right now, and that's a, a big reason for the struggles that the offense itself has had. So what can Auburn do offensively to maybe mask the weakness of those guys or help them out a little bit? What are some, some offensive decisions that you'd like to see made to, to make this offense help out the line a little bit? Yeah, I think you spread it out, um, kind of manipulate your numbers a little bit more. When Auburn went multi-tied in against 
Missouri really didn't work. They averaged less than a yard to play when they had multiple tight ends on the field. It's just because you get more traffic in the box, you get more predictable. Uh, your offensive line just is not doing as well enough between the tackles with it blocking that you feel like you can do a lot there. Uh, it also limits your, your passing ability to a degree. So um, you've got you, – you have to spread it out. I think you have to spread it out. You have to get more receivers on the field. you got to let um, Robbie Ashford have more room to operate. He can buy himself a little bit more time um, out of the shotgun. And also, it just yeah, it just manipulates the other side of the ball, right? You know, if, if they have to go out and cover four or five guys, you know, out in, the, out in the pattern, that's less guys at the line of scrimmage. That's less guys that they can realistically blitz. You know, you, 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 you can manipulate it that way. And if they do blitz, you got to counter with some quick passes. got to do some stuff over the middle of the field. Yeah, I think they they can get Robbie in more rhythm, and then also just like you know, first down. If you're not running the ball well on first down, which Auburn did not uh, against uh, against Missouri, if you're not running the ball well on first down, don't be afraid to throw it more on first down. Set up some opportunities, get second and two, uh, you know, third and short kind of set. Right now, Auburn is really bad in third downs, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's a lot of third and longs that they're having to face. So try to try to um, kind of invert the the usual script maybe from time to time and and maybe you can help out your offense that way. Justin, uh, on, along those same lines with the offensive line, you, you kind of answered a little bit there with the, that, but Auburn's technically on their third center since the start of fall camp yeah. now going into it. What, is, what does that look like the alignment-wise for this Tigers team? Yeah, it looks like Auburn's uh, pretty confident in the fact that they're going to roll with Jaleel Irvin and then keep everybody else the same. Maybe you could have a situation where uh, Brandon Council plays center. Um, you know, you have moved your guards around a little bit this year and rotated there, but Right now, it looks like Irvin. You know, I, I would say when you know Tate Johnson went out early, I didn't see just a gigantic difference between um, you know what he was, what Jaleel Irvin did, and what Tate Johnson did. I didn't think the snaps were particularly terrible, or you know he was a you know a step back in blocking or anything like that. Um, you know, I think it's just kind of maintaining it, but it is tough. It is a tough situation to be in. I think the solace for Auburn is that Jaleel Irvin has some in-game experience at center. Uh, you know, he started the Birmingham Bowl last year. Um, he's been in the program for a while, so it's not like you're breaking in somebody completely new at the position. However, you got to point out, you know, Tate Johnson beat him out in fall camp for a reason. So it is t- taking a step back in some degree, but I don't think it's a big one. And then, Justin, we, we got the depth chart yesterday at the at the presser, and it showed Robbie Ashford as the sole starting quarterback, and then you had the Holmgerner or T.J. Finley below it. Harson said yesterday, Finley's going to be back at practice, going to be practicing. If it comes comes to fruition that Finley is able to go on Saturday and be available on Saturday, do you think he goes back to the two-quarterback system, or do you think this is Robbie Ashford's ball to, ball to roll with? Maybe, but I think it would depend on just kind of how the game goes on offensive. If Ashford's struggling throwing it, and you, you can get that. Um, you can get a benefit there. You can get some sort of boost there. Maybe you do it. But I think, you know, if, if they really wanted to keep it, hey, it could be you know, business as usual. We're going to take it all the way into the week. TJ Finley's still our starter and all that. If he's healthy, why do you change the depth chart? You know, I think that's like kind of the kind of thing. The message kind of was sent on on um, on Monday, but you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if if it comes down to it. You know, they have to turn to Finley, but I personally would be surprised if Finley was able to play on Saturday. I think when he initially. When the news broke that he was that he was hurt, um, the word was from from a few folks that he might miss more than one game. So it would kind of be unlikely to see him out there anyway. 
Let's look at defense, Ferg, and obviously they had a big hand in giving Auburn an opportunity to win the game multiple times in the second half, uh, and uh, particularly the play of Derek Hall. And how important was he in that game, and is that something that uh, the Auburn defense can kind of build off of? Yeah, the defensive line I thought played particularly well uh, in this game. They, they really, after a week where they didn't really make much, much of an impact against uh, Penn State, they did so against Missouri. Missouri is not a great offensive line. Uh, but they, they played the kind of matchup that they needed to do. Uh, I thought Derek Hall was outstanding. Culeota got in the backfield a few times. Marcus Harris, Colby Wooden, like everybody out there. Marcus Bragg had a good game as well in a reserve role. So a defensive front, I mean, you, you know, if you have a chance to win in the SEC, you've got to be doing something right at the line of scrimmage. And Auburn wasn't doing that on offense, but they definitely did did it on defense and gave them a chance to win. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what LSU does this weekend against them. Um, this LSU team is resetting uh, in a lot of places. They are starting two, two freshmen um, on the uh, on the offensive line this year, or at least they were uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, so it's like, hey, you know, you're you're about to get into maybe your first game atmosphere on the road in the SEC for those guys. Can Auburn take advantage? Can they win at the line of scrimmage and try to make this kind of a sloppy, gritty defensive game? If so. A defensive game usually favors the home team uh, in that case. So uh, I think if Auburn has a chance to beat LSU on Saturday, the defense is not to do a lot of work, especially up front. And then, Justin, basketball got underway yesterday. The first practice was yesterday. Uh, media got to talk to Bruce Pearl and a couple players today. What's the feeling around this team as you start uh, fall camp here for that, for that basketball team? Yeah, this team's a lot deeper uh, than they were last year. Um, I think when you have two all-American talents like uh, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, you have to play them a lot of minutes. Um, it might not be that as much of that case this year. I think they're going to feel like they can go deeper on their bench. So like they're going to be more physical as a result. Uh, I think these guys have done a really good job in the, this offseason of um, kind of transforming their bodies and getting really you know pulled up in the weight room. So Bruce Pearl likes his team. He likes his he likes their energy. He likes the depth. He likes the versatility. Uh, the new guys, the blend of the old guys. It's it's a team that you know last year they hit the reset button uh, from a tough year. And then got some elite talent and all plugged in, and you know a lot of newness this year. Not as much, you know, top level talent, um, but could be just as dangerous of a team because they bring back more experience and they also have some five star talent and high impact transfers making their way. So a lot more consistency, a lot more stability at this time of year is what you want. Um, and really, I mean, I don't know if anybody else saw it, but um, the only real question right now is, is uh, status Alan Flanagan. Um, you know, what you know he's currently taking a leave of absence from the team uh, due to what Bruce Pearl called personal uh, family issues, so we'll work through that here in the uh, coming days and we'll, we'll, we'll see, but you know, in the meantime, um, they're going to take advantage of these, these couple months of practice and uh, really, I think, build up a, a squad that can go 10 or 11 deep this year and uh, be, a, be a handful. I think they're going to be faster and more physical because of it. Justin Ferguson's here with us from the Auburn Observer. You get football and baseball content by being a part of the Auburn basketball. Observer community. What did I say? Baseball? Baseball. Basketball. basketball yeah. That is embarrassing. I guess I'm thinking about yeah. the Braves game. I don't cover bit. baseball. People get mad at me sometimes for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, football and basketball. I am so sorry. Uh, I've ruined this conversation at this point. We were going great, and of course, I strike out there. Baseball reference. Uh, Ferg, tell me about this new shirt, though, that I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our friends at Homefield Apparel have done our... Uh, I've done our Auburn Observer t-shirts. Uh, people have been wanting our Observer shirts for a while, and there was only one place we could go to get them, and that was our friends at Homefield. So go to homefieldapparel.com, search Auburn Observer. You can get it. Uh, you can just Google Auburn Observer shirt, and it's one of the first results you can get. Um, and, yeah, it's a really cool shirt. Um, uh, you know, I'm 
uh, I've, I've been a home field person for a very, very long time. So, um, you know, I can, I can say this as, as a pro, you're not going to buy a more comfortable t-shirt. You're not going to buy a more soft, a softer, better fitting, better feeling t-shirt anywhere. And it's got our logo on it. So if you care about that stuff, it's cool too. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool design and, uh, we appreciate, uh, Connor and the gang up there in Indianapolis for printing them for us. And, uh, there's, uh, Quite a few people have already ordered them, so uh, should be rolling in here in the next couple of weeks. Have you? I was about to say, have you physically held the shirt yet yourself? I have not, but I do have. I do own multiple shirts. Uh, the, the the base shirt, like their um, the, that that navy heather uh, that it's printed on. I have two of their shirts that are that uh, that actual shirt. It's just not with our logo on it. And yeah, so I've felt that shirt before and that style and that color and that design. Um, it just not one with our logo on it, so I'm it'll just, be cool when that comes in. Yeah, I'm curious what that feeling is going to be like for you, knowing that, I mean, seriously, that you created this whole project, and yeah. then all of a sudden you're going to be holding a shirt from a company that you love that's got your logo on it, man. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild, and it's it's, it's, it's just a testament to everybody who's subscribed and all that. You know, we had to have the demand for it, right? We had to, we had to have enough people care about it for them to want to print those shirts for yeah. us, so... Uh, the fact that, that that we've gotten to that point is pretty pretty wild. Do you still care about the Braves? Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Big series yeah. coming up this weekend. Huge series coming up this weekend. Um, you, you know, Braves are hitting the ball a little bit better here recently. Some guys getting out of some slumps. Can't wait for Michael Harris to get uh, crowned as uh, as the National League uh, Rookie of the Year. Um, you know, uh, it's been a it's been a really fun season so far, and that that series coming up over on the weekend. Um, you know, it'll be tough to overcome the Mets just because of the run-in that we have compared to they compared to them. But there's a chance it's going to be uh, it's going to be this weekend, so it should be a lot of fun. Thanks for the time today, Ferg. We'll catch up again soon. Okay. Yep. Appreciate you guys.